Joe, why do witches fly broomstick? Uh, why do the birds do the The vacuum cords aren't long enough. Oh. Hey, I, Joe. Yeah. Why don't witches fly their brooms when they're angry? Why? They don't want to fly off the handle. Why don't witches uh, rat out their friends? Why don't witches rat out their friends? Because witches get stitches when they're snitches. (laughs) Bitches. Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh, yeah, that's you know we're continuing with the awful that Halloween themed jokes. We started it on Memorial Day. Yeah. We, <laughs> no, no, we 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 gave Helen Keller a true month of awful, which I'm happy to go back to. <laughs> it's your go. We can go a couple more weeks with this or the Helen Keller. It's really up to you. I propose Hitler month. <laughs> I say seek. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so last week, you know, fun show. But Thursday, again, uh, I don't know why it took so long to do a Phil Hartman show. And as I said on the podcast on Thursday, it really hasn't dawned on me how much Phil Hartman you do on a daily basis. We went back to the podcast, you know. I don't think there's been a podcast where you haven't done a Phil Hartman voice or done an impersonation. You're Ed McMahon as Phil Hartman or something like that. That truly was one of my more favorite to record and more favorite to listen back to. So, Not one of my favorite to edit. Well, you no, know, you did it like, like that opening mon- montage. Oh, that was a good that part. You put that was a lot Thank of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good. That was the good part. Um, it's the sitting through me doing really lukewarm, not even lukewarm, like. Like bottom of the sewer temperature impersonations of Phil Hartman. Like, wow, I really can't do a Phil Hartman style voice. I should stop doing that. You know, no, but you can. First of all, you can, and you're wrong. Secondly, like you said, your Phil Hartman's impressions of Phil Hartman are Phil Hartman's impressions of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but at least he had a good voice. Like, yeah. I, okay. But, wait, enough about me sucking. But it was great. And truly, if anyone has any ideas for other ones, the sideshows are fun. You know, and we're up for it. And, you know, uh, this is mid October. And we are, we are, I, I'm, I'm getting excited to do our annual Paul Lynn, the Paul Lynn Halloween special, uh, special 90%, percent, <laughs> 95% same as last year. And I don't care. I will talk about that special once a year, every year, as long as we do this podcast. Yeah. We didn't get into a deep enough dive into the Paul Lynn Halloween special as much as we should have. I, I don't think you can. Um, have you reached out to anybody coming helping not, out? No. Why, why don't you take a moment and do it now? <laughs> He's not listening. You don't know that. He's not. Okay. <laughs> He's actually sent me a, a certified letter saying <laughs> I will not listen to your. Well, podcast. we're hoping to have another big Paul Lynn fan. Uh, we'll see. Come on in. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. So let's get right into it. Uh, the the DCU Teen Titans live action premiere today. Wow, why are you still here? I and the boys thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the first five minutes of episode one. Oh. Management and myself 
were unaware of how adult bloody and oh this person's getting shot in the head and you don't cut away and hear the shot and see everybody's reaction you see the person get shot you see robin you know fighting a guy smash his face into a wall and then drag him along the bricks of the wall and see the blood now i didn't read much about the titans as you know i go out of my way not to see trailers and previews and i've heard you know just see glimpse and in this universe i guess um this is a killing batman the batman kills in this universe oh um so it is so so you will not be looking forward to these oh i can't wait to go home and watch the rest of it you know without because yeah because she was like let's watch the rest of this episode and then we'll make a decision why wouldn't you do that before the children sat down oh because it like i thought it came out tomorrow and I got the email blast as I was waiting for, like, the 11-year-old, named after a Nightwing, uh, coming out. It's like, oh, that it's out now. And I'm like, great. If we hustle home, we'll get home at 4, we leave the house at 5 for their ninja training of all things, jiu-jitsu. Uh, so we can, if the, you guys sit here, shut up, put your geese on, we can watch this. So they were, they were so dialed in, we've all been so excited about it. And yeah, I should have waited for management not to be there to watch it with them. <laughs> and then taking the decision out of the hands. Um, so we will watch it together and make a decision. By we, I mean her. Right. Um, and then, uh, it, you know, but we'll see. I mean, it is. It's, but... They've, they've seen radar things. They've seen, and what upsets her is we have American kids, kids who aren't phased by seeing somebody's head blown off, but two people kissing on a sitcom. It's like gross, you know? Yeah, right. I'm wa- I'm waiting for like the you reporting back to me that uh, you know, like I don't know, Catwoman or somebody gets shot in the tit, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and um, I, I, I kiss don't know. And make it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, you know, hey. Um, to each their own. So I'm very much looking forward to having a full and, – and what sucks is we talked about last week. It's I think the first two episodes are up now, but then they're just going to release it weekly. So they don't want any binge watching, and then you cancel the – but I paid for the year, you know, so um, – but there's other great stuff on there. But it's it's dark. It, it's it uh, Like I said, I'm only the first five, six minutes in. It's pretty, pretty, pretty dark. dark. Okay. Well, you know, it's a little, uh, a little change of pace. It's a DC. You know what I mean? It's like they're like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not funny. But know? at least it's not. I guess you know what DC maybe this is what they needed because they've always tried to be middle of the road PG thirteen, right? Dark, which is good up to a point, but then it becomes kind of mild and watered down and milk toast, or like almost comical, like oh, they're so brooding. Look at them; they're trying to be so serious. But really, maybe it's because they got the they're pumping the brakes a little bit. Maybe if they just you know let go. And just coast down. The, Push the uh, chips in the middle and see what happens. Yeah, this maybe this is uh, going to be fucking awesome. So, good week. We'll see. I'm not paying, though. I ain't paying. No, you can watch it on my app. Oh, um, oh thank you. If, uh, if by the time this podcast drops, um, our good friend Mike Sullivan will have been a married man for about 28, 30 hours. Um I would like to say congratulations, but it hasn't happened yet officially, so... You don't want to jinx it? <laughs> um, Joe has not been given the choice and is coming to the wedding with us. I am not going to the wedding. Uh, see, Joe's going to have to rewind the last part of the podcast when I said, why aren't you coming? Um, I think... You were invited by the man himself. 
Um, I think it's because my my wife uh, has stuff going on this week, so I can't like just abandon my family. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's one reason. And two, I mean, I know Mike through you, but I'm not that close to Mike. And, yeah, but you, you know, know everybody. You'll know. You will know. I want him to have fun. You at, at the bachelor party. I ruin weddings. Okay. Just your own. You were at bachelor party ish. It was a hangout, which was nice, low key. I like it. Right. You knew just as many people as I did. Now, sadly, a lot more people knew me. <laughs> you know, um, and I had no recollection. And they're coming up talking to me. It's like, oh right, <laughs> you're Mike's half brother. I've known since you were born. You think I would remember this? This checks out. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, okay. Well, I'll say congratulations. You know, and if and. It, if it if I go, so be it, and I'll say congratulations to him in person. Very very nice. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, I'll have a full report. Hopefully, we'll have a full report. Um, it's at the Heart Rock, you know, and the band Tragedy. You know, the oh. the it, it it started off as a BG metal tribute band, but it's all seventies. You know, yeah. Like, is is there ABBA involved? Probably ABBA, Air Supply. The Weather Girls, they do, they oh, do right. a fantastic it's Raining, raining Men. Yeah. Written by? Oh, don't know. I, I do know this. Raining Men is, is that Paul Schaefer? Yes, it is. Yes, okay. I was literally going Paul Schaefer or Barry Manilow, who shockingly has written more songs than most people, you know, than people would have known. I, I, I know Barry Manilow's music, kind of. And the only, when you say Barry Manilow, it, it triggers something in my mind. It's um, the you know that VH1 uh, series. I love the '80s and I love the '70s. Yeah, they're the best. Uh, so Hal Sparks, who's an actor, you know, the best, uh, yes. huge you, fan, right? He was one of the like he was one of the, the funnier pundits or commentators on the show. And when it got to Barry Manilow as a topic, I just remember him looking into the camera and singing. I write the songs that irritate Hal Sparks. <laughs> um, so that pretty much sums it up for me. A really good friend, Dennis. Um, you know, known him since high school. You know, he's maybe 10 years older. He's a friend of a friend. Um, you know, played softball. Funniest, which, and I say this a lot, but probably one of the, you know my the the big guy Dennis. Oh, Dennis, yeah, okay, got the mustache. Lives for Barry Manilow, always has, and for thirty years now, we keep every not every year, it's every few years. It's a Christmas, it's a fortieth birthday, it's a wedding present. We keep wrapping and giving each other the same Barry Manilow autobiography back and forth. Um, he is a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Barry Manilow. Like career, and I mean that. It's like I could do a whole sideshow on Barry Manilow. Um, tell me the maybe the two biggest songs, the two biggest cash cows for him. Mandy, not even close. Oh, uh, oh, uh, 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 oh! It's the uh, the theme to uh, I don't know. Ready? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah. You deserve a break today, McDonald's. Right. And there was another one. Oh, I'm stuck on a Band-Aid, and Band-Aid stuck on me. Jingle writing, yeah. He, he, he was. It was so interesting. Oh, I'm trying to think if he was. I want to say he was not Bette Mittler. Who's, who's the other? I, mean, I think he was Streisand's. Cher. 
He was like share, but I think I'm I'm gonna say it was he was Streisand's songwriter. Oh, okay. Forever he was he was Streisand's Paul Schaefer was her piano player, her band leader, but her songwriter, and he wrote so many of these songs. And finally, I, I forget why he she couldn't go on. She couldn't go on one night, you know, too hammered, and and, and you know. Whoever it was, whether it was Cher or Bette Miller, or, uh, was, maybe it was Bette Miller. Anyways, yep. hammered, 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 or coked out, whatever. <laughs> it's like, and everyone's like, we're going to pour coffee down her. We're going to get her out there. You've written and played these songs. Go out. And he killed it. Absolutely. Absolutely killed it. And that's, you know, and, the, and that's the same. You know, Richard Marks had a similar story. Richard Marks was a songwriter. It's killing me because I've worked with Richard Marks a few times, and he wrote like his big, his first big hit was "I'll Be Waiting." You know, I'll be there, right there, waiting for you. And and that again, so it was it was one of the huge divas, and it was maybe it was again maybe it was Bette Midler. I'm mixing them up, Um, and you know how middle aged diva singers all look the same to me because I'm a racist. (laughs) Um, Said, oh my god. This melody is perfect, but I'm not fucking waiting for anybody. You know, keep the music, scrap the words. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to keep the words and record it myself. And that, you know, first guy, his first five singles all went number one. And it was all stuff that he had written for her. And she was really supportive. It's like, no, I completely, you know, you have the blessing, you know, go and do that. But her whole point was, I'm not waiting for anybody. You know, it's like, um, but anyways, with Barry Manilow, his biggest uh, things were, you know, State Farm. Band-Aid, McDonald's. Um, if you see me like walking around the room with a flashlight, it's <laughs> trying to find the fucking way out of this Barry Manilow vortex we fell into and trying to also find out how we got into it. Uh, tragedy. Oh! And who wrote Weathermen? Uh, who wrote Raining Men? That was Paul By Schaefer. the Weather Girl. Right. Right, and then you get Paul... You thought it was Barry Manilow, almost. Almost, right. So, uh, <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into the awful. Uh, Please. <laughs> Anything but Barry Manilow. Saudi Arabia might come as a shock to you, Joseph, and anybody else. Um, not a bunch of good dudes. Oh, go on. Uh, you know, they're one of those barbaric countries that still has the death penalty. One of only four or five countries that still have the death penalty. Sons of bitches. I can't imagine what the other countries might be, but go on. You know, uh, ruled by, you know, fanatical religious doctorate. Again, crazy ass. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, picking on our dear beloved little Qatar. Uh, but this week, uh, so over last year, like their new crown prince. Uh, let's see. He invited the prime minister of Lebanon to come for a state visit and had him arrested at the airport and <laughs> locked up. Um, he, as, upon taking power, had like about a third of his, you know, extended family, you know, locked up. And now, granted, they were locked up in like a Ritz Carlton, but they were st- some of them were still beaten and tortured and made t- to give him billions upon billions of dollars. Um, and he said, oh, it's a corruption thing, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for the betterment of Saudi Arabia. Um, but this past week, uh, turns out, uh, had a, a Turkish, um, a, a U.S. citizen. Uh, I don't know if he was a citizen. Yeah, was he, he, was, he, he was a resident. He was a resident, his... but did he have citizenship? Uh, I don't know. He, he, he was residing in here, but then he, because um, he fled Saudi Arabia. Uh, but you're talking about Jamal uh, Kashagi, 
Kam- uh, Jamal Khashoggi, who's a Saudi journalist and a very vocal critic of the Crown Prince and the King and um, the, the the whole the whole bunch. Over how has this week gone? Well, you know, funny you should ask. He goes into a um, so a Saudi journalist and his fiance go to a <laughs> a Turkish um, consulate. Or it was the Saudi consulate in Turkey, I think it was, and uh, I guess he was picking up documentations, documents that he needed to get married. Um, he goes in, does not come out, or comes out, but just literally in pieces, right? Well, allegedly, allegedly, and uh, Turkey has come out and said, "Yeah, we have the footage and the audio recording of the hitman, you know, confirming the kill." Um, so either they get paid or they get their, you know, whatever award or accommodation to stick up on their fridge, you know. They're virgins. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, and as, uh, you know, as it has been brought to the attention of the, you know, um, I, I can't even say it. I'm just trying to think of funny ways to say the, you know, the ass clown in charge. Oh. Um, hey, what do you think of this? Well, if it's true, it's, it's pretty awful. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, business as usual. They just brought a bunch of weapons, right? That—that's what his statement was. Like, well, well that, that's not Trump's fault. Honestly, I'm going to defend Trump a little bit on this one. Not his fault. He inherited a country, um, or stole a country that uh, loves the Saudis and loves doing business with them. It has for decades, decades. And and by the way, I think how much does how much how much does the United, does Saudi Arabia own? Of the United States, do you know this? Because they 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 have a substantial amount of money it, in it, the United it, States. It, it, they invested in the United States. Between them and China, if either one of them called our markers, they would we we would topple yeah. like like financially. Yeah. Like and and you got back what was it? It was Fahrenheit nine. Eleven. Eleven. Oh nine no. eleven. Yeah right. The the, the one. And when Michael Moore, you know, one of the interesting things in that, when he went to Canada, was just started walking in people's houses and like, oh, hey, how are you? You lost? <coughs> he was going to every embassy in D.C. <coughs> Couldn't get near the Saudi embassy. They wouldn't even let him film on the street. And it wasn't Saudi security that was keeping him away from the Saudi embassy. It was our security keeping him away from the Saudi embassy. Um we're not going to down that rabbit hole, but it's it's true. It's like, but they haven't. They've owned us for a long time. Um, you know, this Jimmy Carter in '75 when he was running against Ford, he was saying we have to get off foreign oil, and foreign oil is Saudi Arabia. Like they they yeah, OPEC is a bunch of those countries, but it's mostly you know it's 75 percent Saudi or whatever the percentage is. It's largely them, and. He was saying, like, look, if we can just get off 20%, 25%, we won't be beholden by them. But, they, you know, he was very honest about how much of our economy they controlled, you know, 45 years ago. Nothing's changed since then. You know, economically, you know, nothing's changed. And, of course, you know, the the $110 billion of, of arms that they bought were technically a package put together by the Obama administration to sell them. That, of course, it's one of those things. It was approved but stalled until the new president got in and then, like, his first trip. Blotus shocked everybody, including his then-Secretary of State, his whole administration. His first trip, it, every first president's trip is usually to London, to Germany, to the G8, to Canada, to, yeah, to a friendly NATO nation. 
you know, his first trips were, you know, in Saudi Arabia and and and, and the whereabouts, and that's where he was. You see the picture of him. With the other Saudi kings. With the glow. With that weird glowing orb thing that, like, what is, I don't know. Um, Um, And you go back, you know, and of course, because of this week and his comments, his laser fair attitude with it, they're playing all the comments from him speaking over there in 2012 and 2014, bragging how many luxury condos that he sold in Trump Tower to Saudis, how much business he's done over there. I, I mean... The whole, you know, we're not going to go on the emoluments clause, you know, thing. But they killed this guy. And a, a journalist, so an enemy of the state, uh, I'm sorry, enemy of the people. And, and even Blotus was flat out, it's like, well, he wasn't a real citizen. Well, yeah, you don't know how to say, So your wife's not a real citizen. <laughs> yeah, right. And it honestly, like, it doesn't really sell that. It's, a, it's not selling it to Trump to give, he's not going to have sympathy for the Saudi Arabian government to allegedly murder a journalist. Like, right. like of all people you're going to murder, right. according to Trump, hey, yeah, we, you know, one less journalist. Well, and, you know, one of the scarier things, you take a step back. Last week we sat here and talked about how the head of Interpol, upon entering China, disappeared. Mm-hmm. And what is the U.S. response to that? Uh, and more trade with China. You know, I mean, the, it's like literally we've everybody said the the cocksucking he likes to do with these strong, you know, these strong dictators. When he came back, you know, from the Saudi trip, like his administration, people were saying, "Oh, no." He even said, "It's like, uh, oh, no, no." The he said about Kim Jong Un. When he talks, people stop and stand at attention, and I like my people to do that. It's like you're not a dictator. You know, it's, oh, wait, you kind of are. Um, so it, it's, this is the same moron who, when he's re- when he's coming off of a plane and he's being saluted by a, an officer, he salutes back. Like, that's, like, it's... He doesn't know decorum. Yeah, like... Anything. He, anyway. So, you know what? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a curveball in here. You know, it doesn't turn out that just uh, the GOP is a bunch of uh, pieces of shit. This week, Democrats went out of their way to be big pieces of shit. Why? There was 15 nominations for these federal appointments, these judges for life on the federal level. We've already talked that they blocked 105 nominations. The GOP successfully blocked 105 seats. You know, that's like the biggest judge in Boston and Worcester or, or Albany and, you know, Brooklyn. I mean, we're talking major, major appointments. They have... Summer recess, you know, or, or fall recess coming up. They all want to be back in their districts campaigning. Um, and so they came to an agreement. We will, what do you call it, rubber stamp. They're not even having hearings on these 15 judges. And they made a deal with the Republicans. Okay, we'll just agree to this if you agree to not have any other business come before the Senate so we can all go home and start campaigning because it's less than 30 days out. The GOP need to get back to their districts to campaign just as much. much as right. So why so you're doing them a favor by not letting them get back to their districts as well. And and, and this is where this is this is one of the occasions where you can say both sides suck. Both both sides are as individuals worried about 
maintaining their seats, getting reelected, more so than doing the job that they were hired to do. And whether you stay an extra day, an extra week, you know, fly home on the weekends, you know, campaign. I get it. Look, it's important. It is so important. But is it more important that we're just rubber stamping federal judge? I mean, we made a huge thing of Kavanaugh. And maybe not a huge thing enough of Kavanaugh, to be honest. But, you know, 15, you know, so the 105 they've already had, another 15. 120 federal judges, that's a bigger deal than one Supreme Court seat. Or, you know, as big. I mean, you won't hear every case that those 120 people, you know, pass through. But if you're not even having hearings on them because you want to get home and campaign, you know, fuck you, man. That's do your fucking job. We should vote those guys out. No, wait, no, we wait. We, see, we got the help. Help. Because who's going to tell us what to, who to vote for and what to do? You know, uh, well, if you live in the state of Georgia, first of all, I'm sorry. Uh, second of all, I really hope you're not black. Um, as many jokes as we want to make about the South and Georgia and Klan and voter suppression, because nothing's funny than those topics. It's like kids with cancer are funny. Um, I'm cancer boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do uh, kids with cancer <laughs> and jokes about and kids jokes with- about kids with cancer have in common, Joseph? They never get old. <laughs> I feel dirty. <laughs> uh, but so, the guy who's head of the Georgia Election Commission, who has purged over seventy five thousand names. Off the rolls. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He, they have 75,000 applications to vote not being processed. Fun, <laughs> fun fact, uh, over 75% of them are black. Oh, okay. Um, and this guy isn't... So he's not racist? Wait. No. No, wait, not... Wait. wait. No, okay, no, he is. Okay. okay. Uh, white guy. Oh, go uh, figure. So, um, but he's not doing this for the love of the GOP and like, you know, trying to help his, uh, his right wing concern. He happens to be running for governor himself. So this is his current job in the election commission. (laughs) But while he's trying to get the next job of being governor, he is not going so far out of his way. And here's, here's the fucked up problem. What can you do? Can you sue him? I can't. I don't live in Georgia. Okay. Can somebody in Georgia sue him? Uh, I, yes, yes. How long does that take? Long, long, uh, long. More than the three weeks before the election? <laughs> Probably. Probably. You, you, you think unless a absolute huge tsunami wave comes in? Oh, now, now, what happens if it gets if his governorship gets called into question because he won by less than 75,000 votes, which he kept from people? Uh, to, to, but but the, here's, here's the scariest thing. Now, now, this is where the other 95% of the time, no, the Democrats aren't like the Republicans. You know, I don't know if you heard, there was a reporter. There was a guy running for Senate, state Senate in Texas, um, and a college campus there for the last 40 years has been battling to be able to vote. And they've been, it got all the way to the Supreme Court that, yes, if you're living in a state while going to college, you can vote in that state. That's your residency. You don't have to fly home to vote. And it's gone through the Supreme Court, and the attorney generals in the states have said, some states, have said, yeah, we're not honoring that. So a state senator, and I'm blanking on his name, in Texas sent his assistant to file the paperwork to protest this, you know, on behalf of this. And he had the clerk 
you know, take a picture of himself and the paperwork, turning it in, and and email it out so he can, you know, so they can say, oh, you weren't here, or this was a date, or you filed it too late. Upon trying to file it, uh, he was detained. The police came, asked him what party he's from. You know, the paperwork said he was a Democrat. Locked him up, took his phone, and and you know, this is the guy's campaign. Eight. Mm. They they just literally took his phone and threw him in jail because he was a Democrat trying to file paperwork. And, and it's all it's all tape. It's all documented. It's not like they don't even have the decency to get the to get the journalist into the Turkish <laughs> Istanbul thing yeah. and sabotage him there. They're doing it out in the open. Hmm. Like the Georgia, the guy running for governor of Georgia. It's out in the open. This isn't the 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 there isn't a left wing version of Alex Jones, but this is this is happening. It's happening in Texas. I mean, well, he wants to appeal to his voter base. I mean, they want to see somebody lock up a Democratic, you know, campaign aide. I mean, that's that's gold to the Republican it, it, voter Seriously, base. I mean, lock him up. Which party is going out of its way to keep you from voting? You know, yeah. same thing with the Kavanaugh thing. One side was saying, "Please, FBI, investigate this case. Investigate me." I'll take a lie detector. I'll go under oath. The other side said, I like beer. Do you like beer? Uh, And you thought you did bad impressions. So, so that, but on the other hand, the, 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 the democratic process has a new champion. Yes. Tay Tay. Taylor Swift. My God. Is there anything that she can't do? Besides like, you know, Dress up as uh, Al Jolson for Halloween. I don't know. I was going for something. I don't know. <laughs> well, paint yourself in that corner pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, Taylor Swift, and not you know, and not just on Twitter or not on an email or not on an op-ed thing at the CMAs. The CMAs at the Country Music Awards in Nashville gets on stage. Well, that was after her statement. Oh, that was after, but she reiterated yeah. it. Yeah. Funny how much uh, that's had an effect, you know. Well, it did. Yeah, right. Because I think what would they like tens of thousands of people have registered to vote uh, in the uh, in the election since then. So kids, like kids, yeah. th- that, the demographic that doesn't vote. Yeah. Is your is your oldest voting? Yes. Good. Good. Very happy about that. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, that would be pretty bad parenting. I think it would. I, I wouldn't want to say, hey, my oldest is voting. <laughs> but yeah, um, do I have to like Taylor Swift now? No. No, you don't have to. But it's um, it's good because, well, it's good because she we're liberal snowflakes and she's telling people to vote Democratic. But on the, on the flip side, um, other, whatever, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yes, it's good. And but we would be admon. It's like if Kid Rock told everybody to go vote Republican, he's a piece of shit. You know, uh, but he is saying that, and he's been out campaigning for years. Right, he's been saying he's going to run himself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right. And, um, and Kanye. Do we, we, we'll get to that sadly. Oh. Um, but first, let's. Uh, so good for you, Taylor Swift. Um, good for you using that plan. And look, if the, here's the here's the thing: the other side isn't telling kids to go out and vote. Because they know, yes, we, we see the the douchebags at Charlottesville and the douchebags who think they're um, genetically superior to LeBron James. Right. You know? But um, they know that their bread is buttered with the old. Right. You know, I, I saw a great thing. There was a, there was a, a convention 
to outlaw carbon emission laws and the in the shot of the people in the room i don't think anybody in the room was like under 75 <laughs> and the person who tweeted it out it's like nobody in this room is going to be here long enough to see how much their vote fucked us yeah um anyways but so good for taylor swift um and uh we got another fuck you to the usa today are they still around they are not only still around they're still the largest newspaper in the country with the largest yeah they, yeah i, I, I mean guess you so. can't go to a hotel in this country without it being at either the front desk or at your door. I guess that's another prediction that Back to the Future Part 2 got right because USA Today was the prominent newspaper featured in that movie in the year 2015. I I, uh, I would never have imagined. No, because, I mean, where we are, but if you flew a lot, yeah. you know, you can't go to an airport without, you know, the Globe there or whatever city you're in, the one or two big newspapers, but the USA Today is everywhere. I mean, now, yeah, come to think of it, I can't think of another nationally circulated newspaper. So yeah, and and, and look the, the way it's formatted, it's quick. It, it's it's meant to read on a train, on a plane, from a billboard while you're walking. Like seriously, <laughs> yeah. And they uh they published an unedited uh, op-ed by um, Benedict Donald this week, which instantly, instantly, everybody. I mean, Ted Lou did a great fact checking where he posted that on Twitter, where he took a red highlighter and it looked like, you know, one of my spelling tests from (laughs) elementary school. Or the first five minutes of Titans. Hey, thank you. (laughs) And it was all, it's like every, uh, no, that would be an exaggeration. I told you a million times not to exaggerate. Um, But every single line, but one or two uh, had either just a flat-out lie or misinformation, you know? And the USA just ran it. And, of course, two days later, because they got so much backlash, they published their, well, here's the places where the facts didn't add up. But, of course, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, this guy murdered my child. You know, six days later, page 17, the retraction is, like, you know, under the Woolworth ad. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's front page, you know, had, you know, uh, as uh, Taylor says, uh, uh, front page L.A. Times above the fold, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what his op-ed basically was. It got all the press up on everybody's dander. But when they print not the, not a retraction, but when the USA the fact checking, yeah. they, they're like, oh, yeah, it was uh, as nicely as they could say every word was a lying piece of shit because he's a lying piece of shit. Uh, they have it. Got to sell papers, though, man. And they did. Good. You know, uh, you know who else is a piece of shit? You know who else is a piece of shit, shockingly? Um, Secretary, uh, not Secretary, uh, Chief of Staff, um, General Kelly. Um, man, the emails can't leak out fast enough. This week, uh, did you see this? No, Kelly, Kelly's not. not a fan of Pocahontas. This, the movie or the, uh, the either, person? Either. Uh, he's not a fan of Elizabeth Warren. I guess when the Muslim ban was first put into effect... Or they try, yeah. When they first put it to effect, when they said, "Oh, we're going to ban Muslims and just, you know, you know, put it through and started detaining people at the airport," and um, Elizabeth Warren got on the phone with him, and so he briefed the president by email, and uh, didn't have a lot of kind words to say about her, you know, being an angry, arrogant woman, um, like like. Uh, arrogant, misogyny, misogyny, woman, misogyny, misogyny, and where's my sandwich, bitch? So this podcast? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to stick up for Elizabeth Warren because I think somebody in this room has to stick Please. up for her. 
I don't like you referring to her as Pocahontas, even jokingly. Uh, you know what? You're right. Don't, I, I don't perpetuate. Don't feed the machine. Don't praise the you machine. You are correct, sir. You no seriously. Now say it like I get Phil Hartman doing Ed McMahon. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. uh, no, you're right. You know, I, I I shouldn't. I shouldn't even you know joke like that. Uh, back to Hitler. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, you know who I do feel bad for. I, I I feel bad for the first lady, who's probably the most bullied person in the country. Well, who told you that? Oh, she did. Oh. Oh wait, she's a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, wait. You know, I'm sorry. I really don't care. Do you? Oh, you see what you did with the uh, coat and so, the message? So, so she stands by, stand by your man, yeah. as he bullies everything and everybody, uh, including, you know, Kavanaugh's victims. Uh, that we, We're not talking about mm. that. I will briefly just say the fact that that piece of shit apologized to that piece of shit. Like, he apologized to Kavanaugh and his family for what they were put through. It's like... We're not, yeah, because he doesn't want to be. We are uh, not the Me Too and, and indicted. The, yeah, the Me Too <laughs> movement. Right, exactly. Anyways, He's gonna, he wants but, to get on his good side, you know. But you know, yeah. Here, here's Floatus. You know, of course, you know we we could point out how Elizabeth Warren, you know, is constantly, you know, mocked, uh, yeah, called names, called racist names by some, some sitting in this room. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I didn't have it on the rundown, but uh, I fell down a, a wormhole today. I fell down a Wikipedia wormhole. We, as management and I, and uh, Renetsky, our good friend, again, thank you to FNH alum Renetsky uh, for, for, for being on the podcast last week. We went to get Manny Petty's today. Ooh. Yeah, oh, they're the best. They are the best. And, um, and I forget how it, oh, we were talking about traveling as kids and because we're going to send the oldest one. I think the oldest one is ready to get on a plane himself. You know, give him a backpack and 20 bucks, <laughs> backpack full of hope and 20 bucks and hope it works out. No, but fly him out to L.A. so he can spend, you know, a week out there this mm-hmm. summer. And, and she was like, you know, yeah, I was like eight the first time I flew alone. And, and I was like five. I was like six, seven, seven, eight with my brother and sister. And we used to fly People Express. And. You know, management and Renetsky were like, what the hell is People Express? It's like, oh, wow. it was the first. I don't know if it was the first discount airline, but it's the first that, you know, I knew of. Uh, believe me, when we flew to Buffalo. I haven't heard of People Express since in forever. Like, this is the first time in probably 40 years that we, I've remembered. We, 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 there was another one like that, but it was like 25 bucks. Because, you know, my dad was a cheap piece of shit. Um, and he would literally. Oh, I can fly them round trip for twenty bucks each, or drive there and pick them up for the week. They have to be there, and gas is, you know, whatever. And so what, we would either have to drive eight, ten hours in a car with him, it was absolutely miserable, or, or fly there, which was, but but it's a fucked up thing. But did they have to put the people in the boxes before they shipped? They them? really. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but yeah, we had some crazy as kids. You know, some bad experiences, like at airports, being unaccompanied minors back then, you know? Like, they would just, anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I start reading about People Express, and I did. I fell down the wormhole. It's like, prominent people of People Express. How are there prominent people? So I start clicking on the names of the CEO. First female 
um, Boeing 747 pilot in the country. Wow. Uh, in the world. I'm sorry. In the world flew for People Express and stuff like that. So it was, so it was interesting. Yeah. Um, see where that got him. But yeah. <laughs> uh, lasted for, I'm not even looking to Wikipedia out. I just read it all day. Lasted from 81 to 87. And it's like, wow, yeah. th- those were the prime years that we flew to Buffalo. Guess who's going to be this defunct <laughs> sponsor of the week? certain kind of guy will never say it's not my job because everything is his job you know what you call someone like that an owner there's a company where each and every employee is an owner with an average of forty thousand dollars worth of stock people express airlines at people express each of us feels like we own the airline because we do all right so now let's talk sport um as we said last week, or as we talked a little bit, Joe was a little more invested in the Red Sox than I was. I will say, upon leaving the podcast and driving home, I actually listened to the Sox game. It's the first time I actually listened, you know, the hour drive home, hmm. and it was great. You know, um, they won game one. I was, I, it's, can you say the word correctly? Is it? The German word when you're Schadenfreude. Thank you. Um, Sour grapes. I couldn't point David Price out of a police lineup. Now, why did I say police lineup? He's black, but it's uh, but I couldn't. Uh, but I just know that he is like the highest paid pitcher in baseball, and he can't win a playoff game. And not only can he not win a playoff game, he can't beat the Yankees. And it's not like he's played one game or two games in 14 career starts. This is a guy who's won one or two Cy Youngs, like I said, biggest contract, shits his pants in the biggest moments. So I was really happy driving here you know, for you, for Jim, for Steve, for my sister, for John Huff, the people who I know love the Red Sox. For younger you. I, I, for younger me. I was happy to hear it. I was also just as happy that David Price shit his pants and was pulled after the first inning in game two and they lost. I'm happy the Red Sox won. I am. But I'm really fucking happy the Yankees lost. I mean, <laughs> I've been out of baseball since 2011. <laughs> out of it. Completely. There will never be a time I won't be happy that they haven't lost. Yeah. You know? It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> my, my buddy John, he, years ago, he was vacationing. He was in Ireland, and soccer came up. And he's like, what team do you root for? And he's like, you know, uh, you know, the Irish and whoever fucking is playing the English. You know, it's like his two favorite teams, Ireland and whoever fuck is playing England. Uh-huh. Um, so I am happy the Red Sox won, ecstatic that the Yankees lost. It's, it's like, And that game three. Oh, just honestly, I thought my prom date was ugly. Um, yeah, right. A <laughs> hey, rented. You know, why mule. I, you know, why I'm laughing. He didn't. He knows my sister. No, uh, <laughs> didn't have a prom date. Your, uh, your line was funny. No, it was. Uh, I, I was. I was so happy. I mean, and and now they're playing Houston. And look, I like stories and and the fact that the Red Sox coach coached was a bench coach for Houston last year and they're playing them in this. I do. I wish them well. I, I you know, if they lose to Houston, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh, if they win again, I'll be happy, you know, for, for the city. And, but I was, I was thinking, Oh my God, this is why everybody hates us. Go, go down the list. It's like just in the last calendar year, it's kind of like when I was back in high school, it's like, are we really going to complain that we haven't won a championship in a couple of years? But the tough thing is, like, the 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 
uh, Red Sox made it to the playoffs last year. Now they made it to the AL, ALCS. Um, Patriots make it to the Super Bowl. The Celtics made it to Game 7 of the Conference Championship. You know, the Bruins made it, you know, second round of play. I mean, all of our teams, you know, some of our teams are the best in their sport continuously. Like, this is the third year, in, or now the last two years, the Red Sox were out in the first round, but, you know, They've they've won three championships. We've been title town for a good part of uh, two decades. It is cra- it is crazy that it's gone on this long, you and know, c- because for many many decades it was not that way. I mean, it, it, like I wasn't a, a, in, in the Celtics, you know, in the or in the early two thousands, but you know when they made it to the championship, it'd be like I watched. I was really again. I, w- I really want the Lakers to lose as much as I want the Celtics to win, but I was dialed in. Yeah, you, you just know, want, you just want to see championship games being played on that parquet. I, I really do, or you know, Fenway and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just crazy because all the juggling the sports teams have to do this weekend. So, uh, the Red Sox game one tomorrow at eight. Um, oh, so do the, you all so the, Saturday, right? Saturday this past Saturday, the Red Sox game was at eight. So the Bruins game that was at seven thirty moved to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were trying to like so the Patriots play duh <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and they're the primetime game. So game two, and they were talking about look, Major League Baseball, don't be idiots. Like the Kansas City, you know, Chiefs are five and zero. Oh. They're, they're one of the two best teams right now coming into Foxborough for a Sunday night game. Sunday night football is the rating Giants. It, you, it what Monday night used to be. Yeah. Sunday night football is the highest rated show in TV and has been for like five or six years. You have the Patriots, who people love and love to hate, and the new great new team, the great new quarterback, you know, Mahomes. Um, it, anyways, but we're just spoiled. You know, the, you know, the Bruins got shelled their first game. Won the last three and, and convincingly, you know, against good teams, you know, two good teams in Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, you know. But it is it's it's such a it's such a crazy time here that like all our teams are doing well. It's again. Boston in the fall, baby. Right. But let's see. You get many leaves in your yard, by the way. Yeah, and I I feel bad because we had our yard cleaned late May by my brother-in-law and his whole, you know, he brought like. Eight person crew to do the big yard cleanup. I didn't do a goddamn thing for three months, and all the lawns around us are nice. But I'm like, I'm not that guy. And you know, then I felt bad because our neighbor, nicest guy, like one day is like, "Hey, you can borrow our stuff if you want to not look like the clampets." I'm like, <laughs> "God damn it!" Um, and now the other day he's like, "So are you gonna go? Are you just gonna rake? You gonna go leaf blower? You know?" <laughs> and I'm going. Like it because you know, with all the Halloween stuff, we got bales of hay in the yard now and stuff. It looks Halloween y rustic with the leaves and stuff like that. Just so, organize it, you know, uh, sort it by color, do something <laughs> by color. Uh, but I want to talk about Kansas City. Um, so the Patriots are now three and two. Maybe they've turned things around, maybe, but this, this is a big test. But I think it's a lot bigger for Kansas City, who has a history of killing it the first. They are the antithesis of the Patriots. The Patriots have historically slow starts. Over the last few years, you know, the best start they had was when they went three and one when Brady was suspended. But they've gone two and two, three like the last five years. You know, last year, everyone was thinking 19 and 0, you and I were together, Buffalo Wild Wings, where they got killed by Kansas City at the early part of the season. Um, 
the Patriots' November and December record is crazy. Like, oh, the last 20 years, absolutely crazy. You know, they're a 600 team in the first two months of the year and a 900 team, like, the last two months. Um, Kansas City, they always start off, not always, but they, they've started off a number of times the last five or six years, six and one, seven and two. Um, and right now they have the the best young quarterback, you know, rookie quarterback Mahomes, five and zero, oh, and they are it, it, it's 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 more pressure on them. I mean, it's one of those things where wait, you're week six and you're already talking about home field for the AFC title game, you cocky fucking cocksuckers. Mm-hmm. When you've played in eight in a row and eleven in the last thirteen years, yeah, you kind of start thinking, well, we're going to see them again, and we want to play them at home in Foxborough, but. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game last night? Uh, yeah, I, it was fantastic. You know what? I'm, now that I'm thinking about the structure of our podcast, maybe we should be looking forward to the next week. Maybe we should. You know, But like- I'm going to look back, if I may, <laughs> to last Thursday, all three days ago. Did you see, you know how I despise Odell Beckham's fame? And 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 yeah, see, he had the one catch that didn't really do much of anything. It was just a great catch. Great catch. And a regular season game that they lost. And he's built an empire on that. Like that catch has been the crux of at least 12 different national commercials. Whether he's selling sneakers and he's sitting on the couch watching it. They recatch all this stuff. All this stuff. Um, he was kind of a holdout, want to restructure his contract. He's the highest paid wide receiver. But he has mental problems. I don't know if you remember last year, he got into a fight. With the kicker's practice kicking apparatus, you know, on the sideline when they kick into a net, the kicking net, yeah. literally got into a fist fight with the net, with the net, and then it became one. Uh, the net actually won. <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like one of those fail videos where he pushed it and it came springing back to him, <laughs> and then he threw it down, and then like the next week there was a big PR thing where he hugged it and kissed it and it kissed and made up, you know, uh, you know. So he has mental problems. He does. He like like he does. He like, does he wear a MAGA hat? Melt. Yeah. We did. We we glossed over that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Can we? Do we have to go back to it? Can, yeah. can can we just can we just summarize one of the greatest things that President Obama said? He's a jackass. <laughs> and leave it at that. Uh, or do you want to talk about how Pete Davidson on SNL? Did you see Pete Davidson's takedown? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he went on there. Um, briefly, I think he's just like, uh, no, he, this is a he's a crazy guy. Take it from me, I'm a crazy guy. But he also take the meds, the help. <laughs> right, know, having look, having mental problems is a is a big problem. It's not a license to be a douchebag. Right, right, right. And then like, um, he wears that hat that says "Make Kanye 2006 Again." <laughs> and they show the clip because I guess you know people at home didn't see it. Uh, Kanye was complaining that his week on the set of Saturday Night Live. That no one would let him wear his mega stuff. Or, he was being, say it with me, bullied. You didn't say it with me. I did. So one more time. <laughs> he was being an bull- asshole. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so it's great. So I guess at the end of the show, he he Taylor Swift her where he grabbed the microphone and started going off to the audience. Yeah. And well, no, they gave him a third. They didn't go off to the audience. We're going way back. This is old fucking news. 
I don't even know. Pete Davidson just walks away. Right. Pete Davidson walks away because he just doesn't want to be on the stage with him anymore because he's a crazy guy. He he does have mental issues. So he takes that same crazy energy to the White House where uh, on live television, the Trump White House allowed that shit to go out live. They even probably had to have a delay because he said bullshit motherfucker during his 10-minute rant about how wearing the MAGA hat made <clears throat> made him feel like a super excuse me made him feel like a superman and make up for not having a dad right that and that's like when someone a reporter pressed him on well what did you mean in 2005 when after hurricane katrina you said that george bush doesn't care about black people kanye said oh i was confused or i was coming from a victim mentality you know like um the, the, basically, what Trump is doing now is empowering black people, not holding them down. And slavery didn't happen. No, that was a choice. Um, but he's yeah, a crazy person. But he's a legitimate it's not crazy person. like there was a major hurricane hitting, you know, a state that voted for Lotus, and he had anything else going on where he could have a wingnut come to the White House. That was the Panhandle. Okay, did did you see the 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 the, the toll count, the the death toll uh, from Hurricane Michael? Uh, not, not even, I mean, it, it, it was nothing. I mean, you know, almost as bad as, uh, Puerto Rico was almost as bad. Yeah. It's all. Anyway, so gra- yeah. we didn't get into it. Back to Odell Beckham. Yeah. yeah. So this week has a meltdown on the sideline again, throwing Eli on the butt. Eli's not a good quarterback. He hasn't been a court. He, Eli Manning would have been out of the league three years ago if his last name wasn't Manning. He's not a good quarterback. In the last three years, Seriously, he's something like, I uh, like ten and thirty. I mean, they're one and five. He was a good quarterback twice. He was a good quarterback twice. Otherwise, he's a guy whose career record is like a hundred and ten wins and a hundred and five losses. Mm-hmm. He's barely, barely over five hundred. Unfortunately, you can never take away his two great Super Bowl runs, but the last one was seven years ago. Uh, how many playoff games has he won in those seven years? How many playoff games has he won in between those two Super Bowls? Zero. And how many before the first Super Bowl? I'm going to guess zero. So he's won eight Super Bowl games. He's won two. He's he's won two. Anyways, but he's horrible. And uh, OJ Beckham crying. And yeah, that's it. That's it for sport. Let's now get on to the good stuff. Um, before you tell me about your game, I'm still playing Arkham. Oh, Arkham, Arkham Origins. Origins. And I the did, bad one. I did. I, you know, it is it is glitchy. I did talk about how you can't, I couldn't find out you can't 100% it until I was 76% through it. And then I'm like, I'm trying to find, you have to do one of these predator takedowns, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, you can't do it if you beat the game. You can't go back and like. Go Kill trophy hunting after and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, am I really going? Yeah. You know, I, I went back and started all over. I read, or sorry, read. Ha <laughs> ha! I watched a video uh, on a, uh, there was a fun fact about Arkham Knight. Um, there was a cut, some cut content, like last minute deleted cut content that the uh, Rocksteady was planning on doing where they were going to, in the credit sequence, you as Batman were going to like fight develop like the actual like developers of the game, but like they would be criminals, but the they would all be in the likenesses of the developers, but because of time constraints or whatever, they cut it. But that would have been like a cool little there is they do do that stuff a lot where 
you'll be going through the police station and you'll see the walls of like the criminals and stuff like that. And if you zoom in, it's right. it's the name of the developer. Or like a mugshot, yeah. yeah. But well, to have them actually be characters that you fight. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh what are you playing this week? What have you played this week? Gosh, what have I played? Oh uh, golly, this is a man. I knew there was going to be quizzes in this podcast. You, uh, you, you promise there will be no math. <laughs> this, there, there is no math. It's just me trying to remember <laughs> what the hell I did this week. Besides, watch reruns of classic concentration. Yes, I watched reruns of Cla- and South Park. I'm catching up on South Park. Um, eh, I don't know what it. Uh, oh, you know what it was? Uh, the, a couple of new games have come out on the Nintendo Switch Online service, where it's the NES flashback kind of, you know, they're, it's a paid service where you have to pay to play online competitively with... Uh, like, you know, the Nintendo Online service used to be free, but now you have to pay. So if you want to play Splatoon or whatever with o- online, then you have to be part of the paid service. But the other side bonuses that for the Switch, you can download... Uh, Nintendo emulator that has a bunch of old Nintendo games on it, and they've added a couple more. They've added Super Dodgeball, Solomon's Key, and NES uh, Open Tournament Golf, all three of which I have on that shelf back there. So hopefully when you go to the random video game review right now, you won't pull off one of those games, NES Open Tournament Golf, Solomon's Key, or Super Dodgeball. So there goes Jacques, walking away. Giving me the view I love so so much, waving his his uh, cheese dusted hands over my NES games, thereby lowering the value of them. <laughs> and then he uh, he sits down. The best stuff's off the mic. Yes, it is. Too bad for you guys. <laughs> so he pulled the game off the shelf. I'm going to try to see what this is. God, what I, my eyesight is kind of going a little bit. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think it's in the Fs. It's not Fester's Quest. It's not uh, Fighting Golf or something. I don't know what the, if F5, if, if, uh, is it Final Fantasy? It is, it is not. Nah, I'm not you know what? I'm way off. I must be way off. What is it? I, okay. I think we've done it. Oh, it's ice hockey. Yeah, we've done we've this. Done that one. Yeah, we've another. done ice Let's hockey. Anyway, so now we're going to extend this riveting segment by Jacques going and pulling off a quote-unquote random game from my Nintendo Entertainment System shelf. Oh, the I, agony. I mean, how many, how many podcasts have we done now? Because... We're gonna rush to running into. I mean, you got 240 games. It's gonna be hard to not. I know. So it's not ice hot. Okay. So now, now it, it, it. Oh, there's Jack Nicholas. Wait. A, a the Iron Sword. J, 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 it's not Jaws. Is it? Chua, chua, Ah, man, I don't know what Jackal. Is it Jackal? It's Jackal. I think I did this game. Anyways. I don't think you did. Uh, I'm pretty sure we did. But it's, we'll uh, it's a canal. I don't give a shit. Biff doesn't remember. Yeah, right. Jackal, it's a game where you ride around. It's like a military-style uh, game, but it's an overhead thing where uh, you're riding in a Jeep, and you're just shooting everything in sight. You're trying to take out bases, and you're also trying to rescue POWs. Princess. Nope. Oh, okay. Princesses of War? Yes. <laughs> um 
And uh, yeah, you go to like five or six levels, you know, like each level is like an overhead map. And, uh, you know, you have to cross like bridges and stuff, uh, shoot uh, soldiers, shoot other tanks, shoot like, uh, you know, cannons. And then um, there's usually like an end boss, like uh, some sort of like fort or something like that, you know, some big machine that you have to take down and you go on to the next level, save more prisoners. And uh, it's a fun game. It's a two-player co-op game, too, as well. So it's a good time made by Konami. Um, and it's a good jackal. Uh, I'm going to now, we're going to bore you even further. Uh, what, what, what would you give it? What would you rate it? I would say that this is rated a three-and-a-half-star game, if not four. Let's see what... Pat Contry says from his ultimate NES guide to the Nintendo library. He gives it four and a half stars Nailed out it. of five. Yeah, exactly. Um, as a Jeep commando venture back into Vietnam to rescue POWs in this overhead automotive shooter, the Jeep is armed with a machine gun turret, which only shoots in a northern direction no matter which way the player moves, as well as an upgradable, powerful secondary weapon which can be fired in any of the eight directions. So, yeah, this is a neat little playing game that I have. And now if I were to have... If I was so desperate to play it that I couldn't emulate it or um, whatever, and I had to buy it, how much would I pay for it on eBay? I'm going to guess $7. Oh, three. You could get two copies. Ah, three fifty. All right. In case you want to play it twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. Okay. Wasn't that fun? I like it. Don't well, answer that question. You watching anything? Uh, like I said, reruns of Classic Concentration and South Park. I, I watched the uh, season finale of uh, Better Call Saul. Great show. Love that show. I mean, I know that like there's no convincing somebody who just isn't into a genre or a show. Like, I wish you could get into Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and that whole thing because it's such great television. But I know your anxiety would be through uh, yeah. the roof. I couldn't. Because it's not like, it's not always action-packed. It's not, it's no first five minutes of Titans. But it's also like, it's so like nerve-wracking. It's, there's a lot of tension. The storytelling is so good and, and the characters. And Bob Odenkirk is so great. And Michael McKeon was so great in that show. Um... So, but classic concentration, yes. They're brought back classic concentration, hosted by Alex Trebek on the Buzzer Channel. Uh, check your local listings for that. Set your DVRs. I don't even know if I have the Buzzer Channel. You, it's, it's over the air. Let, let, Everybody has it. Let's go through this again. You don't have ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's over the air. And I, all right, I know. I, I know what be, that means. I know. You should get the rabbit ears out on the back of the smart TV. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah there's the digital antennas. You don't know anything about digital? You know, I do, but yeah, you know, you know, yeah, but, but I do have ESPN. Right? So why, would I, why would I know? But yeah, but that was a recent acquisition, Mister. It was. I never had cable. No, and it was great. Not, but I still don't watch much. Um, but I did. Uh, you ever you ever catch the football life? You know those really good documentaries about the players, and it's great. They can make a scrub look like he was, you know, a Hall of Famer. Um, and so one, I was watching one on Patriot great Willie McInnes, and he is a great. I mean, he, nine years with the Pats. It's a great documentary. You know, you know, one of those great stories. LBC baby, Long Beach uh, kid. Uh, 
bat neighborhood, you know, football. But he was one of those kids, straight A student. You know, so football was his out, but he was also a straight A guy. Uh, but all his friends were in gangs. On it was it was a great documentary. He was a great guy. I mean, he played played in five Super Bowls, won three. You know, um, pretty pretty effing great career. Um, then the other one that I watched because you know it was just on demand. I heard them talk about Willie McGinnis. It, I heard Willie McGinnis on Sports Radio here talking about he was excited it was coming out, blah blah blah, and big party with his family to watch it together. He's like, I haven't seen it. You know, it was great. And then I watched the one on Tony Romo. And management was in the room. And she's like, don't you hate him? Oh, I was going to say, did you get a towel? You know? <laughs> she's like, don't, don't you hate him? I'm like, well, you know, I hated that the hype that his career came with. I hated that, you know, like just like Eli. Eli is a decent NFL quarterback. He's had a long career, two Super Bowls. If his name wasn't Manning, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and if his name wasn't Manning, he would have been out of the league three, maybe four years ago. Or he would have been traded from the Giants, you know. Um, but anyways, but with Romo, they have him in the Hall of Fame. A, they, like, you ask Dallas fans, huh. and they truly believe he's the Hall of Famer. I think he had, like, a, a 12-year career. Um, I don't know a lot of his stats, but I do know in his 12 years, he won two playoff games. Two playoff games, like two times they were thirteen and three. You know, uh, you know, great going in, lost in the first round at home by somebody who you know. Um, and and it's funny because overhyped this. So the wife knew him, never heard of him because until he dated Jessica Simpson. Um, then there was a big scandal with. They had a bye week. They were the best team in, in their conference. They had a bye week between the end of the season and playoffs, and they all went down to Carbo, you know, for a week of relaxing and came back and lost the playoff game. And, and Of course, everybody, every male fan of football blames the woman. Blamed her, but also blamed, why would you do that? And it's true. Why would you do that? You know, right. the Giants did that a couple of years ago. Like, they, they made it to the playoffs in the same thing. They all went on a boat cruise, like, in the middle of the week, and they weren't getting hammered. But, but you know, they, they ended up flying down to Florida or wherever, going on a day cruise, and then flew back on their one day off. And everyone's like, why would you put yourself the wear and tear flying? Why weren't you relaxing or playing or, you know, whatever? But anyways, focusing on Romo. But she was intrigued because she likes sports stories. I like sports stories. And she's like, she hears about he didn't get drafted, but then Dallas, you know, Bill Parcells. And she's like, oh, I know Bill Parcells. Was he a Patriot? So she knew Bill Parcells. She, was, she thought that was interesting. And then her ears perked up because Tony Romo was the backup quarterback for whom? For three years, he didn't. He was on the roster for three years with Dallas. Never got into a game. Never threw a pass because he was the backup quarterback for. I, I don't know Drew Bledsoe. Oh, and, and management was like, "What? What? Like two people who went on to have better careers than Drew Bledsoe?" I'm like, "No, nah, he didn't really have a better career." But he was so loved. Like after his second or third grade, second or third game, Dallas has this thing. It's called the Ring of Honor. Where basically they don't retire your number, but they retire your name on this ring around. Like people had professionally made and and you know not as a joke, like put him in the ring of honor. His second or third, third or fourth game as a starter in the NFL, um, and that's how they literally looked at him. So she watches a whole documentary with me, and then afterwards she was like, 
oh my god, that was a profile in mediocrity. Like, like, yeah, that's his. I said he's in his second year as a broadcaster, and people really like him. I, I don't think he's the greatest of all time. But I like him. I like him. Yeah, like yeah. And he does add insight and kind of some some new blood. I mean, he try. You know, the one knock on him it's like he tries to be smarter, the smartest guy in the room, and tell you what the play is. It's like. I can do that most of the time. Like, I can look at a Patriot formation, but you're supposed to... But he also can give insight as to, like, okay, now if I were him, I would be doing this. Like, I would have thrown an interception. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Um, but he's good. And I said to her, I said, I like, like, with Peyton, I like Peyton's commercials, and it's hard to hate him because his commercials and his SNL were so good. Tony Romo has grown on me as a, as a broadcaster. It's like, not like he's ever done any, like... It's not like Dallas beat up Patriots at a big game and I've had a grudge thing. And, right. and, and, and again, I'm not going to say the word right, but the Schadenfreude of Schadenfreude. Thank you. Of him constantly letting Dallas fans down. I've, I, I've loved, you know, um, you know, but, but it's a nice little profile, but it was a fluff piece of fluff piece. I mean, you know, uh, you know, middle of the row, you know, white kid, white neighborhood from Wisconsin, you know, not like McGinnis fighting his way out of the hood and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. But uh, Willie McGinnis, like, you think about it, like the first time he went to the Super Bowl, they had to win three games to get there. That one season alone, Willie McGinnis won a game, or, you know, played in one more win than you had in your career. You're not deserving of a profile. Now, are they, if they were, would they would. Hmm. Do you think a football life episode would be fitting for, say, Rob Gronkowski? Oh, hell yes. Yeah? Oh, well, Rob Gronkowski um, will go down uh, as the best. Let's see, let's see what happens the next year or two as the best tight end in the history of football. Like most most touchdowns, most. I mean, if he's not, and and, and the the woulda coulda should have, you know, if my, you know, aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle. But he has missed a lot of time. He's missed a lot of playoff games because he gets injured at the end of the season. He's played in three Super Bowls and he's one and two, uh, and those. Um, you know, so it, it, you know it's hard to say, but he is. He and I'm not saying this because I'm a homer. He is a force of nature. Like he just he's second in yards in the Patriots. You know history. I mean, he's I think first in touchdown passes. You know, I mean, you go down the list. Yes. Plus, he's a dynamic personality. Right. Like off the field, he himself is an entity. He's a brand. He's a national brand. It's not like he's our brand. Like. He's a regular on Conan. He's a regular with the WWE. He's a regular, you know, you do all these other things. No, he's now he's a spokesperson for Tide. <laughs> yeah, no, really. that's right. I know. I, I'm just, I, I mean, I think he did the first one as a lark on his own. And Tide's like, yeah, let's get this guy in here. Yeah. Okay. Very, but, fair but, enough. But again, he's he's made it to three Super Bowls. You know, Tony Romo's played in. Four playoff games, or five playoff games, and these two. But uh, but I would recommend the Rodney. Ha uh, the um, where do you see such uh, programming? Is it on that ESPN? NFL Network? Oh, NFL Network. Or, I have or, NFL or, Network. or on demand. I get NFL Network. Watch it. I think it's. I think it's not watching the paint dry. But uh, she was like, she watched the whole thing, and she like, she likes stories. She likes like the drama, or sports, and all. I that. love real sports on HBO. Yeah. Right, and the fact that oh. Tom Brady was the backup of Bledsoe who got his start because Bledsoe got hurt. 
Brady Bledsoe was at the end of his career was having a horrible game. Um, and I love it. This is the most Tony Romo of Tony Romo. Uh, Bledsoe gets pulled at halftime of a game because he had thrown like four interceptions. So Tony Romo comes in to start the second half. They call a very simple, like, you know, really simple, like a check down, like a, like a five-yard rollout. Intercepted. <laughs> you know, his first play was intercepted. It's like yeah, you gotta get the jitters out. You know. So they got that. So let's see. Um, I learned it by watching Drew. So the net. Wow. Wow. Was that good? Take a skate around. Timing. <laughs> Mr. Jacques, I fell on the ice. <laughs> I a glass of water. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. So we're not going to do it this week, but next week we're going to do some Halloween theme thing. We might talk about the same fucking best Halloween theme songs again. We might talk about we have we have management. I told you a couple weeks ago we're psyched because we have our yard and we have a couple skeletons. We have a, a pirate skeleton. I got plenty of skeletons. We got, those are just in your closet, baby. We got, you know, the inflatable, like, you know, horse. Like I got pumpkin. a lot of inflatables <laughs> in my closet, too. My closet's pretty packed. Two, three. Four. Don't look at my closet. And, and so, um, and, and so, but you know how I keep the lights on the, the Christmas tree we have. The, you know, what do you call those Christmas trees? I call them Christmas trees, but... What you know? The, one of the trees that look like Christmas. Trees. Oh, like f- furs. Yeah, oh, yeah, like we yeah, we yeah. have you know evergreens. And, and she's like, furs. "Stop turning on the Christmas lights! You're, you're, it's too early." I'm like, "No, this is my not to nightmare before Christmas. I'm on front lawn, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll do some special, and maybe next week it's the Paul Lynn. Um, I I suggest doing the podcast while we watch it. <laughs> I, I I really do. I think that would be great. Um, we'll be sued by the Paul Lind estate. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Plus, that's a two-hour special. I th- I think. Is it two hours? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one, I think it's an hour and a half without commercials, so... Yeah, it's a... Sold! <laughs> <laughs> it might be a two-party. You know what? Briefly, we dropped the ball on this October because you're such a Halloween fan. I don't know why we didn't think of this to begin with. We should have had a weekly Halloween tip from you because you're Mr. Halloween and maybe you've been sprinkling Halloween tips throughout the podcast and I've just not been catching them anyway. But uh, no. I'm trying to think. But no, that's not a bad idea. Um, I can't do it now because I already have my parenting tip in my head. Yes, what's your parenting tip? I I like to derail you. So we've had, again, our great friend Renetsky in town and my parenting tip is, um, you know, do stuff with your kids, especially if somebody comes to visit. Be a good host. And I don't. Uh, I'm like you. It, 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 Have you seen my closet? I'll. I'll um, w- w- what is things no one has said for a hundred, Alex? <laughs> I would. Uh, no, but I don't really like to go out and do things. But we have somebody in town who came all the way to visit, and I'm, you know, I'm being a good host. I'm showing the boys. It's like, hey, go out and do stuff. So we went to. I took her to Faneuil Hall. I took her and the boys to Faneuil Hall. Um, we went to the Museum of Science the other day, or as my Christian friends would call it, the Museum of Lies. Uh, that was great. You used to be a member, right? Or you still do you still have to keep the membership going for that? I think we are. You know, we're still a member. We went uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's fun. It really is. It's it's where it's fun to find out. How uh, do you make an ocean wave wave? I, okay, I 
Two things. Two things. <laughs> I did that. You know, I took a, uh, there was a wave thing, the machine that makes the waves go. Yeah. And, and I took a picture of, uh, I took a video of the little guy standing in front of it saying that exact thing. And I sent it to my sister. And she's like, that's the aquarium, you idiot. Um, this is what I consider comedy gold. Ah, uh, see, he has his son <laughs> posing like a model in in front of a sign that says "Models at Work," you know, not those kind. It, it was an engineering display and uh-huh. stuff like. I think that's fucking hilarious. That should be viral right um, now. But I, uh, but it was, it was fun. You know, my favorite room. The electricity room is always great. I love the electricity room. My kids hate the electricity and, and, room. And what's great is the guy. You know, it's all the, it's all the. Um, the Jungle Cruise kind of the guy explaining what's going on at the same time. These next facts may shock you. <laughs> you know, awful. Hilarious. <laughs> um, so that was great. You know, my favorite room is the one that has all like the 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 planets, you know, and it's you know, and to scale the size oh, of yeah, them. Like right outside the planetarium. Right. And then it has like little fun facts about them. It's like, you know, the the Mars is one third the size of Earth, and it shows it inside an Earth, or it shows, um, I think it's Jupiter is 318 times bigger than Earth, and it shows like that. And it's <laughs> the Earth plaque, <laughs> you know, yeah, it one and one's Earth, like Earth is the size of Earth. It's like, okay, right? <laughs> Nobody the, thought this should just be like an arrow pointing down saying, You are here, <laughs> right? Exactly, or wish you were here. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so that, but and now, wait, but when they see the Earth. Model like, like how flat is it? Because I wanted to oh, paper thin, yeah, like, like seriously, oh, wafer yeah. thin. Uh, what else? Uh, management took her to see uh, all the stuff in Salem, stuff like that. You know, I we wanted to go, but you know the boys not, but but basically, and and there was a couple times that like you know the boys have said it's like, are we going out again? Because it's they want to play their games. I'm like, she came all the way here to see you. She wants to see stuff. Hopefully she'll come back. She might not. The Freedom Trail is boring as fuck when you're 49 years old and you've done it since junior high. She hasn't done it. It's her first time doing it. So, yes, we're going to walk this. We're going to take pictures. You're going to smile. Now, did she confuse Ben Franklin for the real Ben Franklin like Tracy Jordan did in 30 Rock? Uh, it's uh, Or, or, or um, oh, God, it's not even funny. When Sarah Palin was on that tour to kind of see if she was going to run for president and driving around in a country with a bus with her picture on it but she's not running for president and she went to the paul revere house and she's spouting facts about paul revere she's standing in front of a plaque explaining the ride and what it was historically about completely off completely right. it was all about the second amendment well, fun fact: <laughs> uh, Constitution hadn't been written yet, nor have the amendments. Uh, <laughs> but and then and then Wikipedia had to pull down the page because her fans were going on changing the page oh to make God. it like literally. We're trying to make it read what she was saying. But she's the great thing is like the, I remember the Daily Show, and they zoom in as she's talking about it, just complete bad. No, oh. but it, but it, look, and that's another thing. It's like you know. I hate being the New Yorker who's never been to the Statue of Liberty. And and I have since being back, haven't taken advantage of a lot of stuff. And the other night, uh, last Saturday, I think it was like 65, 60, 65 degree fall night. We walked around Faneuil Hall, went to the north end and stuff. And, and it was great. And I'm like, God, 
then kind of troll the management. I called her. I'm like, this is great. Why don't we do more of this? Why don't we? You know, it's like I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't do, you didn't do the duck. Is it too cold for the, the uh, duck? No, they were over. running. Oh, okay, but we, you know, by the time we got down, it was a late afternoon, early evening thing. Right. I've n- I, have you done those? The duck boat? Yeah. Are they good? Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, uh, when they don't, you know, capsize. You know, <laughs> how many times has that happened? Only once, and it was in Georgia or Mississippi. Right. And it only killed one family of eight. Right, right. One, like a whole family, you know. But let's you now know. let's say, were they tourists or were they from Mississippi? They were, I think, from Mississippi. All right. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. No, but I, we did do the duck boats years ago, like probably ten over 10 years ago. So I think Boston's changed since then a little bit. Uh, still racist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. All These right. people are specific. <laughs> um, are we going to gloss over your parenting tip of the week? No, you give your parenting tip. You got what? your eighteen-year-old voting. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I was going to save that for November, but okay. Yeah, my oldest is has registered to vote as an independent. That's right. He's not a liberal snowflake nor a white ring white right wing nut yet. So he's on the fence. Um, I'm pretty sure I know <laughs> which way he's going to lean, right? But uh, so he, I think he he did vote in the primaries, which in, in the state you can register. You can even if you're an independent, you can vote in, de- in Democratic primaries or Republican primaries. But yeah, he'll be voting, and he'll be voting the right way in November. Don't you worry, America. When you say the right way. I mean, he'll be voting the left way. God <laughs> damn it! Fuck. Um, all right, that wraps up for me. Um, uh, you, you, we, well, I uh, want to do another twenty minutes. So if you could just leave, no, no, no problem. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about classic concentration more. Jam, uh, we can. <laughs> uh, uh, no, so no. jam with Dan. You know, the other day, um, we you know we got a show coming up. We're going to have, by the way, have I told you we're going to? I would like to. I should ask before I invite you know a strange kid in your house who has problem deciding where his shirt should be buttoned and unbuttoned, but I want to have the kid from Gold Star Boulevard in. He was excited when I I sent him the podcast. Did I send you the email? I think so. He wrote back. He was so, he thought it was hilarious that we noticed his yes. two hours of uh, war, planned wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> well choreographed uh-huh. malfunctions. Yeah, so who, who is this again? It's a, it's a singer, guitarist, bass player, because he's, you know, switch around. From? Um, Gold Star Boulevard? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, so we're playing December 14th, but, you know, Dan, Dan, Dan has 20 songs we've never played, so we're trying to figure out, okay, can we get two or three into the mix? And the song we're going to go out with is one that we played for the first time as a band the other day. Ooh. We don't have a version of it with, you know, me playing it yet, but it's a fun song. It's called Run. It's on dancray.net, not to be confused with dancray.com. And who's on dancray.com? The piano guy. Oh, yeah. No, is it the trumpet or saxophone? No, he's a, it's, it's oh, a the piano guy. Th- yeah. Well, well, oh, not the jazz guy. He's the jazz, jazz guy. Right. Thank you. The jazz guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, take it away, Mr. Cray. Um, and thank you, Jacques, once again for... Snacks? So, no, I supplied the you snacks did. this year. or this uh, <laughs> Next month. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. It's one of these large, like, Uts containers of party mix chips and Cheetos. Basically, it's like if Trump were dehydrated and then ground into... <laughs> You know, little bite-sized pieces, like the like the reporter in Turkey, or the oh, Turkish reporter. Oh man, you are that is too soon. It's only it's actually before too soon because we don't even know if it actually happened. So you okay? It did happen. I'm sorry. So on that sour note, Jack, don't forget. <laughs>